So I've got a hot take. Okay, go ahead. Um, why don't we have a, a retractable roof on our I, stadium? I don't think that's a hot take. I think that's a no. 100% correct no, take. My, my hot take is, maybe this isn't a hot take, but I just saw yesterday that the Hasms are buying the Milwaukee Bucks for about a billion dollars, mm-hmm. their stake. They're buying. Um, you could build a stadium for a billion dollars. You could build. Listen, when you've sold the fact that per- they want to just keep renovating that garbage stadium on the lake is kind of it. Kind of stinks. I don't believe they actually do. Now, so the reason why we're talking about this, uh, Ken Prendergast. I'm a big fan of Pen Kender, uh, Kendergast. What's uh, his name? Pen Pen Prendergast. Okay. Of the Northeast Ohio transport transformation, that's what it is. Spit it out. N E T is where N O T the N E O T Neot, as we call it, uh, had said Neo Neo Ot. Come again, Neot Neot Neot. Um, the Browns want a new stadium. Neot. Um, he had said they're gonna call it Neot. The Browns want to build a new stadium when the lease for a first energy stadium expires. Now, the Browns, ahead of PR, has come out and said they're still committed to renovating that. I think they're com- I think they're keeping that line because they don't want the public maelstrom that comes out from the public discussion about this. I think the Browns want a new stadium. I think they want to do it on the low yeah, low. They probably want it built by the people of Cleveland. Um, I don't know as much. I don't. I yes, I think most they want, billionaires don't want to spend their money. Uh, but I think you have seen like from where the stadium was when pretty much all of no, Cleveland they put paid for money the first into one. it. But it's just slapping a little lipstick on a pig. Mm, I mean, well, the Pagulas isn't that like 50 percent public I'm not money? Positive. On, so so their stadium's going to cost like a billion billion dollars. Mm-hmm. They're going to build it right there in Orchard Park. Also, not putting a roof not on putting it. A roof on it. But Dumb. That's pretty silly. I'm kind of limbering up right now. <laughs> Trying to just make sure, you know, I've been doing cardio this week. Trying to get back in the hang of it, but I really want to make sure I don't pull something taking my victory lap on Evan Mobley and uh, the fact that people agree with me. Uh, 175 votes in. 65. Let me me just dunk on your your poll now. Oh, you can't dunk on my poll. My poll is definitive. It's over? How can, no, well, no, it's, but it's definitive. How can you dunk on my poll? Uh, Let me see. Oh, but that's that's not how dunking works. Dunking is I'm here to dunk on you, and then you dunk <clears throat> on me. Shaq wasn't like I'm about to dunk on you, but let me get some Oreos first <clears throat> and like a steak, and then I'm gonna like maybe take a nap, and then I'm gonna dunk on your ass. Yeah, you call your shot. Call your shot. Well, let me dunk on you first. No, that's. Well, don't you have to dunk on somebody and then say you dunked on them? You can't. Call... And... All right. You're taking the fun out of my victory lap. Because now 67.5% of people agree Evan Mobley has to be the Cavs' best player when they win a championship. But I, I'll i be honest with you guys. I think the Browns are doing the smart thing here in, a, in trying to avoid public discourse about whether to build a stadium or not. Because it just pisses people off. And it brings up fear from us. It makes the uh, to, to quote Ken Carmen the natives restless about the team moving because it did happen to us once, and I think they're doing the smart thing. I think I think we should all be saying like the Browns in this this piece uh, denying that they want to build a new stadium and and more saying the focus is 
renovating the stadium they have. That's the smart thing. And then when the stadium is, when everything's packaged together, you have where it's going to go, when it's going to be up, who's going to pay for it, timelines, all that stuff. Then you can bring it out. Because then it's going to be one PR, not fiasco, because I think most people will be happy like I will be. But I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be, oh, yep, and then it's going to come and go. Because once it's paid for, once it's set, in, there's nothing to bitch about. There's nothing to complain about. We can just enjoy the idea. And I, I know it's so, the smart radio people love to do the thing of, I'm going to tell you why, uh, you know, building these uh, these stadiums don't really make you money. And honestly, I don't care. I like nice things. I want a nicer place for the Browns to play. And I if they don't slap a dome on it, it is beyond stupid. I don't even it's not even about, oh, well, you're gonna guarantee a Super Bowl, you're gonna guarantee uh a WrestleMania or a Final Four. It's you have no shot at any of those things right now, and you might have a shot at them if you do the dome. No, you will have a shot. If you've got a retractable roof on this thing, there are so many different opportunities to host events that you can have. And, and here's the thing. like, It's so funny to me that the Browns or whoever you know wants to try and use that stadium as much as they can. I mean, they had, they're had having two outdoor hockey games this year. You're telling me they wouldn't be trying to host something every single weekend if mm-hmm. they could? Outdoor hockey in Cleveland. Now, granted, it's been kind of unseasonably warm, mm-hmm. but you get the point. If they had a retractable dome, they could be having, uh, I heard Ken talk about, it. like, I'm not into monster trucks, but, you know, our kids are. I mean, doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. You could be doing concerts in there. You could be having March Madness. You could be having a Super Bowl. Concerts. Yeah, it's really about taking a stadium from maybe 17 to 21 uses per year. I mean, that's that's probably a little light because they do currently do stadiums or do uh, do concerts. But it opens it up for 365 days a year. Oh, the votes are changing here, Nick. Well, let, let me go ahead and see here. Um, I'm still winning. That's all I care about. Yeah, we're swaying it. Yeah, well, because you actually swayed the poll. Okay. You had said Mitchell, well, you're, you're, so we can you're, dunk you're, on you're, Nick. You're saying voting's inaccurate? No, what I'm saying is I just, I, like a real gentleman, just put a question out there for people of Twitter to answer, and then you had to try and sway the poll. I just brought it to their attention. Uh, no, you you editorialized it, and uh, I'm still winning, so it's okay. So some of the, the reaction here, by the way, again, Northeast Ohio transformations, Ken Prendergast. <laughs> tough one. It's a tough one. Ken Prendergast. Ken Prendergast. Ken Prendergast. That's two more times. I guess I have five times. Five every, times. Every, three times. Everything's five Ken, times fast. Ken Prendergast. Ken Prendergast. Ken Prendergast. Ken Prendergast. Ken Prendergast. Ken Prendergast. I right, kept the train on the track. Uh, saying the cow, the like some people saying the Browns want to build a new stadium when the lease for the first Energy Stadium expires, and the the goal is a new football multi-purpose stadium and supportive development in downtown Cleveland. And uh, they've been eyeing a new stadium near the lakefront, immediately east of downtown, so the Browns would become uh, East Siders. And uh, also uh, saying that the Browns, uh, I think we all remember, the Browns launched a feasibility study regarding the future of First Energy Stadium last year. Uh, It has been completed, actually, earlier this month, but the uh, results have yet to be made public. I think we should be outraged and frustrated if they don't build a dome. 
and I'll be honest with you, I think from now on, and I know it costs more money, they're printing money. Literally every, even the teams that aren't making great money, sorry, aren't printing money right now, Major League Baseball, they still have gobs and gobs of cash. Yeah, I think if you play a sport that is, that is heavily dictated by the weather, even more so in baseball, and you don't build a retractable roof stadium, you shouldn't have a team. It's 2023. It's so stupid that we have baseball games called on a weekly basis because of snow, because of uh, because rain. of rain, because of thunderstorms. Well, okay, thunderstorms might be called anyways. But the point is, it's so stupid. Why are we doing this? If you can save $200 million in the long term, why don't you just spend that money up front? It's ridiculous. I will be disappointed if the Browns don't have a retractable roof stadium. Not a dome. Not an open-air stadium. Like, the idea that any team would willingly choose either open-air, like Buffalo. Buffalo, I love the good city of Buffalo and all its inhabitants and how rabid-ass their fans are. They're dumb. The Pagulas basically saved $500 million not putting a dome on the stadium, and they did it to be cheap. And Buffalonians, is that what we call them? Buffalonians supported it because of some misguided pride, some some chest-thumping um, <clears throat> Neanderthalic <throat> attitude of, huh, we like the cold. Cool. Then sit your ass outside and throw each other through tables in the cold. But the rest of us, well, the rest of us would like, and I love cold-weather games. I really do. I'll miss them. I'll miss watching cold-weather games in Cleveland. But not as much as I would not miss all these football games being impacted by the crappy weather off the lake. That felt the way I said it felt like the hot take about the stadium. Anything short of a dome, no, uh, no, I don't like that word. Retractable roof stadium is a disappointment. And if you can buy the Milwaukee Bucks or twenty five percent of the Bucks, put a dome on that thing, Lou. Welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Hello, Lou. Oh, uh, hey, Dustin. Hey, Nick. Uh, What's up, man? Um, welcome, welcome back to uh, Cleveland. Oh, thank you. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I was uh, going to refer to that article. Um, in there, they list three sites. The, the one you talked about, East 18th, it's right by the FCI building. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is um, where the main post office is. Uh, they were going to put it back there when the, uh, in 99, but they were under a time constraint, so they didn't do it. But um, I think it was Tag- Taglibu put it in a thing that if the Browns built a dome stadium, they would guarantee them at least two, if not three, Super Bowls. So that's already a given. They will definitely get receive at least two Super Bowls if they build a dome. Um, and I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, it'd be stupid if they don't put a dome on that thing. Um, you, you're guaranteed a Final Four. Uh, there's so much more things that you'd be guaranteed um, if, if you do put a dome on it. But uh, that article I was reading, I have it saved on my phone. Um, and um, uh, it, it, it does mention. And, and the other site that they're talking about was, like, right across um, Tower City. There's some land there that um, by Scranton Peninsula that they wanted to uh, that would be the third site, but the the most preferred site is uh, main post office because 
um, there's only one landowner that owns land there, uh, Norfolk Southern, and they, you know it's already there's no use for it. Um, so that's where that's where I would. Excellent stuff there, Lou. Really do appreciate you, buddy. Um, yeah, I don't know about the lo- I Is it bad that I don't even care about the location? Oh, I don't care. Like, I mean, just, as, as, just long build as, one. as long as it's somewhere within 20 minutes of downtown. Because I have resigned myself with the, the Guardians and the Cavs <clears throat> to the idea. I, I turned my mic off at the wrong time. That was great timing. Uh, I've resigned myself that I will die before either one of those teams gets a new stadium. And, and by the way, I'm actually okay with the Cavs because what they've done to the Gund uh, is beautiful. But, like, I don't think a team in this town they needs... basically build a new stadium. Yeah. And and in fairness, the Guardians have done a good job of renovating every 10 years and keeping that stadium fresh. Nobody in town needs a retractable roof worse than the Cleveland Guardians. We're not going to pay for it. We're just not. They were lucky to get the one they got 30 years ago. It's a football town. So uh, my thing is... I don't ca- just can we get it as soon as possible? That's all I really want. And now, and now, Lou had said, "Well, you're guaranteed to get a Super Bowl." Two parter. One, I don't think you're guaranteed to get anything, but I know you're guaranteed if you either renovate the current First Energy Stadium or if you build a new open air stadium, you're guaranteed to not get anything. You're guaranteed to have an Eric Church concert once a summer. Woo, doggy, get to it. Are the Rolling Stones coming through town? Everybody complains. If you're a music fan like me, you complain about how tough it is to get premier acts into Cleveland, like Guns N' Roses, not coming to to Cleveland. I don't even know they're coming to Columbus. I think the closest they're coming is Pittsburgh. Uh, We talk about, I'm trying to think of the big premier act that, oh, uh, the Black Keys. They went to Blossom this summer instead of going to, to the queue, which is where they've kind of done most of their big concerts. If you really want every every big name, Taylor Swift, you want, um, you know, the rolling, it feels weird to say Taylor Swift and the rolling Stones. If you want premier musical acts, build a friggin' dome. A retractable that roof. feel weird? They're both premier musical acts. I know, but one is 75 and the other is like 25. Okay. So it felt weird to say two acts separated by 50 years in relevance to say them back to back. Like, I was like, Taylor Swift, she's... She's current, and yeah, the Rolling Stones. We got uh, some breaking news with the uh, Hall of Fame game. Ooh, okay. Go on. Got? Is it going to be played in a retractable roof stadium? Uh, breaking news on 92.3 The Fan is presented by BetQL. Bet smarter by downloading the BetQL app and use Ohio 25 to get 25% off your first month. What do we got? It's uh, Jets Browns August 3rd in Canton for the Hall of Fame game. We got it. Oh, man. four preseason games. So, obviously, this had to happen, it's right? Joe, it's a Joe Thomas thing. It's the Joe Thomas thing. You had to have the Browns. Yeah, so now you got the Browns in Canton. It's going to be a huge celebration weekend for Browns fans and for Joe Thomas. And you got the team playing the game. It's awesome. Love it. Guys, I think I'm, gonna go, I think I'm finally going to go to my first preseason Browns game of my life. Uh, I'm going to be going to this. I think it's awesome. One, I have a soft spot for that area. I have a soft spot for the the Football Hall of Fame. I have a soft spot for Joe. I think we all do. Um, and two, it is the only preseason game that actually matters because NFL dignitaries are in town. It, this is really cool. Like I, I'll be honest, I'm I'm cynical about the stadium and them doing it right because 
you know, in the end, uh, millionaires want, or billionaires want to stay billionaires, and I don't think they actually are going to build a dome stadium or a retractable roof stadium. I think they're going to cheap out because I think other richer owners that I've seen have cheaped out on this, and I think it's the dumbest thing in the world. But this is cool. Like, this is – like, I just got excited for the preseason because of the announcement it's going to be Browns-Jets in the uh, the Hall of Fame game. We've had a lot going on. Obviously, there was a report – Last night that uh, the Browns want to build a new stadium when the lease for First Energy Stadium expires. We've had John Johnson III get cut. Andrew Barry spoke in Berea today. The latest breaking news that we just talked about was the Browns and Jets face off in the Hall of Fame game. And I did. So you're. I think most people would say, but those guys aren't going to play. I think if you're the NFL, you can sell this because it's Revis, Klecko and Joe Thomas, all three guys on one of the two teams that played. And here's the other thing. The NFL loves to have narratives to talk about for that game. I don't know they want to talk about the Deshaun Watson thing. I kind of feel like the NFL is like, well, maybe we go ahead and put the Jets there in, in the hopes that Aaron Rodgers is starting quarterback. Uh, even if Rodgers was on the Jets, he's not going to start that game. Oh, no, no. It's not about starting. It's about being able to talk about that. Oh. It's about trying to find as many things going into that game to sell because it's never about the game. It's about the pageantry, and it's about the two teams involved. The one thing I'll say about this is um, now they only play three games in, in the preseason now in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. And this will make it a fourth for the Browns, right? I believe so, yes. So they'll play four. So they get basically an extra week-ish mm-hmm. of practice, which they need. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good sign. Good sign for Deshaun. Well, get, it's an extra, you know, week in the building, right? Early, yeah. before everybody else. Get the cobwebs out there. So uh, as we had mentioned, we do have Andrew Barry sound. We're going to do a lot of that over the next uh, little bit here. And Keith brought to our attention this first clip. Now, Andrew had two de- – he had a press conference, and then he had a media scrum just shortly after that. The first clip is going to come from the media scrum where Andrew Barry talked about the team picking Jim Schwartz as defensive coordinator. Well, I'd say this. We felt like we met with a number of really strong candidates. You know, I think when you're going into the coaching market, whether it's at the head coaching level, coordinator level, position coach level, there's a balance between, you know, thoroughness and speed. I felt like we had, um, you know, done a lot of a really good work on all the candidates and felt like we had quality individuals in. And, and ultimately, Kevin, Kevin felt really comfortable with the decision. So you can hear that a few different ways. If we think back to the end of season press conference, Andrew Barry said it's Kevin's decision, right? Yes. There was a lot mm. of we in that conversation. And then at the end, it, okay, uh, Kevin was very comfortable with that decision. All right, meaning Kevin was very comfortable making that decision. Or Kevin was very comfortable with that decision, meaning uh, that decision was made and Kevin was totally fine with it. I don't know which way you heard it. I heard it the same way Keith heard it when he alerted us to this. Of It sure made it seem like less of just a Kevin Stefanski decision and more of a Royal We decision. Well, they try to always kind of lump everyone together as, hey, we're making a collaborative decision. So that's, to me, kind of what it sounded like, mm-hmm. even though it may have been one person making the call. Mm-hmm. A lot of times in these situations, there is one person that kind of leads the charge on big decisions, right? And then you kind of come together and figure out, hey, you think this is a good move, whatever, you have these conversations, and then 
you know, you come out and say, yeah, we talked about it, and we all decided this was the best move for the team. So I think there is intent behind muddying the waters here, and I think the intent is to try and make everything seem like an organization decision. Mm -hmm. I do think, I think the biggest muddy in the waters is that pretty much every defensive coordinator you interviewed, candidate that you interviewed, had some tie to Andrew Barry. I think then following it up on this, I, I kind of feel like with the Browns, if you really want the truth, I'll, I actually, I'll say this. I think the Browns leave themselves open to conspiracy theories because they aren't just direct with the way they do business. Mm -hmm. they, so much gets lost in this corporate Ivy League, and I, I have no problem with them being uh, Ivy Leaguers, but I do think, and I've seen the same thing happen in baseball, is that there's some reluctance to have any level of transparency to the public. And so in some ways, it totally sucks the fun out of out of it. Like if you're a baseball fan, um, with the way they talk about baseball. But here, I think it's very intentional. I think they've tried to find ways to make sure that it doesn't look like Andrew Barry versus Kevin Stefanski versus Paul D. Podesta versus Jimmy Haslam. Mm -hmm. That might be the reality behind the scenes as well. You know, they might be just a, a line unit. They might just be a, after three years, maybe they work together really, really well. But when Andrew Barry says it's Kevin's decision, Andrew Barry or Bob Quinn seems to bring in the candidates that he wants. The one guy that we knew was a Kevin Stefanski guy is Sean Desai, and he was clearly not hired. And he looked like the long shot the whole time. Who makes that decision does matter. Because Kevin not if Kevin doesn't have control over his own staff, mm -hmm. I wonder what Kevin does have control over. Because if the front office is hiring your defensive coordinator, even if he's okay with it, I do think it it plays into the idea that Kevin is relatively powerless outside of calling plays and uh farting into a microphone in press conferences. Well, they make it seem like Kevin has a lot of say. You know, even when they hire Jim Schwartz, I mean, Jim Schwartz is like, you know, it's Kevin's staff. Kevin makes the call on who we hire. You think they're just making this up? Yeah, I think there's a chance they are. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to make it seem like I think it's a big conspiracy theory, even though I made my comment about the, the conspiracy theory. But I do think, like, I don't think the Browns have done a great job of being transparent, forthright, or even thoughtful in the way they've presented things. And I think there are some inconsistencies between those two things. Another thing I want to play for you, uh, here is Andrew Barry. This is also from the media scrum, not from the press conference, talking about how aggressive this team will be in free agency. Depends on the opportunity, honestly. Like, and I, I, I don't mean that to be an evasive uh, response, but it's really hard to, to give you, a, I guess, like a level on the aggressiveness meter until we know what will be available to us. I think you know one of our tenets is flexibility. We have enough flexibility to be as aggressive or conservative as we need to be. What does aggressiveness mean to you in free agency? Um, aggressiveness means that you're going after like the top targets. And is that trying? Is trying that to one get... top target? Is that? Oh, you know, I don't know. I think it's probably a couple. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling the Browns are going to be aggressive across the board. I heard Zach say, uh, Zach Jackson of The Athletic this morning, say he'd be shocked if the Browns actually used the 42nd pick, 
whether that's trading for a veteran or whether that's trading down, it just seems like moving around the draft, especially in the first two rounds, seems to be the, their MO. And maybe trading down, whether it's into the 50s or even the, you know early 60s, it might allow you to pick up another top 100 pick. And you need as many top 100 picks as you can possibly get because you just need more coins in the fountain. You need more wishes in the well. But I think specific to free agency, it's also the the place that I don't know I have any faith within Drew Barry's actually going to nail. Like, I can point to uh, Amari Cooper. Ah, that was a great trade, right? And, I mean, I guess you can point to Jadavian Clowney and say, all right, well, that was a good free agent signing. The problem is they followed it up by re-signing him, and it went from great one-year value to a guy who completely stunk the bed and was kind of was kind of like a, an example of what was wrong with the Cleveland Browns this year. A lot of money, didn't really want to work, and had an attitude problem. So, like, I want them to be aggressive. Right. I also want them to be thoughtful. And I don't know they've been careful enough with the way they've thrown around money, and I think it's why they're in a position where uh, year after giving Deshaun Watson a fifty or $230 million contract, they're at the point of, oh, for the next decade, we're going to have to move money around. Um... I don't know. I mean, it's it's. Are you worried about them moving the money around? I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about what led to them getting to this point. I'm worried about uh, signings not working out because either because the the through line is that they they still don't have the right character guys. You can have guys who are good, like good guys. Yeah, that doesn't mean they're going to fit together in a locker room together. Like, I don't think John Johnson the third. I don't think he's a bad guy. I actually think he was one of the few guys willing to say something, and I commend oh, did, that guy yeah. for doing it. Um, unlike Jadavian Clowney, who sure made it just seem like everybody else was at fault, I like some of the things John had to say. But, like, John Johnson was a difference maker in, L- in L.A. He was not a difference maker here. Troy Hill was a difference maker in L.A. He wasn't a difference maker here. So either your coaches can't coach good NFL players or they can't find the right personalities to bring the best out in players or your front office can't figure out the right players to bring in. And I think one or all three of those or some semblance of all three of those things could be true. 216-578-0092. Uh, when, it, when it comes to Andrew Berry talking about the aggressiveness. Are you expecting the Browns to be aggressive? And we will get into the the two parts of Andrew Barry that we've got to we really got to take a look at after three years. 